0: 2 Peter chapter 1, we'll find that and then turn to Proverbs chapter 4. In 2 Peter chapter 1, we're going to read verse 12 and 13, the Bible says, wherefore I will not be negligent to put you also in remembrance of these things, though you know them and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle or in this body to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. It is good from time to time to get reminded of the blessings and the good things in the Word of God so that you and I stay stirred up. And you say, what do you mean by stirred up? I mean, they're just a passion, right? There's a passion inside, a passion that drives us and a passion that leads us and guides us. There is something about the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, the death, his burial and His resurrection that should stir up every believer. I mean, Paul says that the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ is the power of God. There's something about the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that should stir us up. You know, when we when we partake of the Lord's Supper, we're going to partake of the Lord's Supper together here in community at the end of this service. But when we take of the Lord's Supper, we're doing it to remember Christ, aren't we His death? We're remembering His body that was broken and His blood that was shed for us. We're doing it out of remembrance, and there just should be, there really should be something about the Lord's Supper that, as we partake of it, that inside of us stirs us up, causes a passion to come in. And I think of when I think of passion, you know, I think that think of Christ. What a passionate life that he lived as an example for us here on earth. Think about that. When we think of passion, I'm not just talking about this, this, just this, you know, one-time feeling that causes us to move out of emotion one time, out of uh, one day. I, I'm more talking about a, some so a passion that is as a perseverance. I mean, it, it's a calling, right? a calling in our life that we feel. Listen, all of us as Christians, all of us, all of us as followers of Jesus Christ, we've been called to some things, have we not? We've been called to be the light of the world. We've been called to be the salt of the earth. We've been called to be some things. And I'm talking about some grit. To understand our calling and to see it through. This is a passion that that'll that will carry us through. You know, when I think of Think of passion that just carries us through in our calling. I think of Nehemiah. Think of Nehemiah. And how when he heard the news of the people and the shape that they were in back in his beloved city and he was there as the king's cupbearer, he sat down and wept. And God gave him an open door. God gave him the ability to go back and to rebuild the walls there at Jerusalem. And what, did, what, what happened? Nehemiah went back and went to work and kept that vision He kept that passion. He kept that grit and perseverance. And we've had messages here. They overcame all kinds of obstacles. I'm talking about being stirred up from time to time in the the work of the Lord so that we can persevere, so that we can have some grit, so that we can keep the right spirit and the right attitude in the calling that God has given each and every one of us. And we have a calling. It's just recognizing it, right? and accepting it. Jesus, the Bible says in Acts chapter 1 and verse 3, to whom also He showed Himself alive after His passion. Talking about after His death on the cross. I mean, when you talk about passion, you talk about love. What greater love that a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus Christ showed us His love. Salvation is the greatest picture of love. And He showed us His passion toward us by coming to this earth and living a a sinless life and then being the sacrifice for our sin. When I'm talking about passion, I'm talking about something that impresses us or affects us. It's an effect on our body. After we accept Jesus Christ's salvation, after we accept the love of Christ, let me ask you does that affect you? Yeah, amen. I mean, does it impress you? I mean, is your life our life should never be the same after meeting Christ. After this walk with Christ and this relationship with Christ. It's something that changes us. There's a bit of a zeal that many new believers have. Right, A zeal after recognizing that their sins are forgiven, that they have the hope of eternal life, that they have Christ and His Spirit indwelling us, but this zeal sometimes is lost in the process. And with it is the power of our witness and the power of our calling. Paul tells Timothy, he says, "...of these things put them in remembrance." Paul tells Timothy, hey, as a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ, hey, you know, many times the, uh, the sermons on Sunday, if you're coming to hear some new thing, uh, maybe the wrong place. I, there's no new thing. This, is, this scripture is pretty old and we've all been reading it, but many times it's just putting in the remembrance the things that we already know to stir us up. Paul tells Timothy, stir them up. That's 2 Timothy 2.14. In the next verse he says this, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. He says, hey, remind folks, hey, remind folks to stay in the word of God, studying and growing in His word. There's a passion. Now I told you to turn to Proverbs Chapter 4, that's where we're going to be at the rest of this morning. Proverbs chapter 4. Look with me, starting in verse 20. He says, My son, attend unto my words, incline thine ear. I I, I picture that, you know. uh, Incline thine ear, that when, when the words of the Lord, are you like that? When the words of the Lord, when the reading of the scripture, when the preaching of the Word of God is, is brought do you, do you kinda lean in? Wow. Wonder what whether what the Lord's saying to me. I'm sensitive to what the Holy Spirit speaking into my life. I'd like to hear. He says, Incline thine, thine ear into my sayings. Let not let them not depart from thine eyes, keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are what? life unto those that find Him and health to all their flesh. When we talk about the ear the Bible says this in Romans chapter 10 and verse 17 He says, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The Word of God will affect you. If you look at your life and you look at maybe your your passion level and you say, look i I feel like it's a little bit low, right? Maybe, maybe there's a, maybe there's some diving deep into the Word of God, time being missed, spent in in, in communion with the Lord in His Word that'll affect us, that'll change us. Listen, there is no book like this book. It is the words of God. It's the words of life. It is living. It's alive. It's powerful. It will affect us if we allow it to, if we have an ear to hear, if we're listening for the Word of God, seeking after it. Boy, what passion it will bring in our life when we have that ear to hear. We have to get stirred up about seeking the truth, stirred up about hearing the truth and the Word of God. Listen, there is so much... Noise and so much things that it's easy just to tune things out, right? In this world there's so much that we're we're really good at just tuning things out, but we have to be intentional to say, I want to hear, you know, I want to hear what God is saying. I want to hear what the Lord is saying. I I want to hunger, what? And thirst after righteousness. In first Thessalonians chapter four and verse fourteen, you know this passage talking about the resurrection of the church or the rapture of the church. He says this in verse 14 For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will he bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain and the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. And then he says this, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I heard a preacher just about... Two weeks ago, preach on this, and he and he kept going back to that that phrase. These words, our comfort comes from what? These words. You say, what do I what do I comfort someone with in a time of loss? These words. Where where, where do I get strength in a time of trouble? These words. Where, where do I get passion when I feel like that the world has just sucked it out, all out of me? When I feel like. All the things that I have uh, have gone out of me. Where am I going to gain my passion back? Where am I going to gain that zeal like I just received salvation? Where is it going to come from? From these words. Having an ear, an ear to hear from these words. From the word of the Lord, just seeking after it, hungering after it. In Revelation chapter 2 and verse 5, he's talking to the churches there. He says, remember... Therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, he tells the church, hey, there's a, there's a time of repentance when we remember. Listen, we're going to partake of the Lord's Supper, and hopefully the, the, the effect of it will cause us to remember the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, and stir us up, but there's a part of the Lord's Supper that I don't want to just gloss over, I don't want us to not be aware of, there's a part of the Lord's Supper that Paul had to set in order, for the church at Corinth, that maybe they weren't doing quite right, that we would like to from what Paul teaches is there's a time of reflection, judgment on our own self, and repentance before we partake of the Lord's Supper. There's a time of, hey, Lord, I, I need to repent. There's some things in my heart, some things in my life that the Holy Spirit has convicted me of. Therefore, I'm going to take time to cleanse. I'm going to take that. Listen, sometimes we can lose our passion because there's sin in our lives. Sometimes the light's not so bright in our life because there's what? Sin in our life. He says, listen, remember that and repent. And then He says down just two verses past that in Revelation chapter 2, He says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. You know, that's what the ear's for, right? That's, what, that's why we have two ears and one mouth. We're supposed to what? <laughs> listen twice as much as we talk. We're supposed to hear I have this thing with with uh you know the kids, especially Shaylin and Owen where i where I can look at them and they can be looking at me and I can talk to them, but I know <laughs> I know they're not hearing you know I'm looking I'm talking and they're just not hearing right I think sometimes the Lord says, listen, I'm talking to the church mm-hmm. I, I'm talking I, I' my word's there, we have it available it sits on the on the end stand, it sits in in your vehicle. It's, in, it's there on the desk. My word's there, but they're just not hearing it. We have to have an ear to hear what the Spirit's saying, sensitive to what the Word of God's saying. If you're still there in Proverbs chapter 4, look at the next thing he says in verse 23. He says, Keep thy heart with all <coughs> diligence. You know what a doorkeeper is—someone that keeps something. They're kind of guarding. They're kind of there at the entrance of it. You know, we got to be careful what goes in and out of our heart. He says, "Be diligent about keeping your heart. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life." You know, when someone someone has all these issues in their life, when we have all these issues in our lives, we can guarantee that it stems from a what—a heart issue, right? It's ultimately a heart issue is where it's coming from. So he says, hey, keep your heart, Uh, be on guard with your heart. He says in Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 19, he says, Hear thou, my son, be wise and guide thine heart in the way. You hear people say this all the time, and I know they're well-meaning when they say it, but they'll say this, they'll say, follow your heart. But the Bible says that the heart is... Uh, desperately wicked. Who could know it? It's not always the best thing to follow your heart. It's better to guide your heart according to truth. It's better to have your heart follow the truth of the Word of God. We're to guard our heart and keeping our heart. We're to guide our heart. And then he says this in Mark chapter 12 and verse 30 and 31. He says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with what? All. All thy heart. With all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like unto it, namely this thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is no other commandment greater than these. You know what's the most important thing for every belief for every person that on earth is that they give their heart. That they give their heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it is to have salvation, is to receive the free gift that God has given us through His, through His Son, Jesus Christ, death, burial, and resurrection. Giving your heart to Christ, making Him the Lord and Savior of your life. Boy, this will cause passion. This will cause a change. The love of God, the love of God will change us. We won't stay the same. We'll be affected by His love. His love in our heart. You may ask yourself this morning, am I losing my passion? Do I have that passion? What's in my heart? What have I given my heart to? What's my heart's desires? Are all my desires for things that are earthly, things that are worldly, things that are temporal, or does the Lord have my heart? Does He have all my heart? Look now in verse 24 of Proverbs 4. He says, Put away from thee a forward mouth, and perverse lips put far. From the mouth. <laughs> you know, what we say does matter. Now, words do hurt. Words can build up or words can tear down. It is important what we say. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 12, in verse 33, He says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and its fruit corrupt, For the tree is known of its fruit. O generation of vipers, this is Jesus speaking, how can ye being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of the heart bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. Wow, that's a sobering thought, isn't it? For by thy words thou shalt be justified and by thy words shalt thou be condemned. The Bible says with the heart, man believeth unto salvation and with the mouth, confession is made, right? Unto salvation. So we believe in the heart. What's in the heart comes out of our mouth. Listen, if you're around someone very long, you can know what they love, right? By what they talk about. By what they're passionate about. What's in their heart eventually will come out of their mouth. You know, these words that we have, we have the words of life or we have the words of death. You say, well, that's extreme. But that's what we're talking about: is passionate words. We can use our words to build up. We can use our words to tear down, to destroy. This thing with our mouth, the thing with the, the things that the Bible talks about with our tongue, is not necessarily a small issue. Whole chapters of the Bible have been given. James chapter three, the whole chapter is about the tongue. He says it's a little member, but it can cause a big. Trouble. you know how, how much he says it's, it's it, it can start a fire that can just consume and destroy and cause all kinds of torched earth. People will know you and know what you love by what you say. When we love the Lord, the same will be known of us. Is that true? When we're in love with God. People will know it because it'll eventually. It'll eventually come out. What we say is important. Now look now look with me in verse 25 of Proverbs chapter 4. What I'm trying to the point that I'm trying to make is when we are passionate about the Lord, when we are uh, in love with the Lord and and our zeal is on fire, that it affects our whole body, doesn't it? It affects everything, doesn't it? it affects our ear, it affects our heart, it affects our mouth. He says here in Proverbs chapter uh, chapter 4 and verse 25, he says, let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee." Our eyes, what we look at is important. What we watch, what we see <laughs> will and can affect our heart. The Bible says about Job, just been uh, reading through the book of Job, what a Every time I read it, what a fascinating story, you know? It's amazing, the insight that we get on God and what's going on in the heavenlies uh, while we're doing all these things here on earth. But the Bible says about Job that he was a perfect and upright man, one that feared God and eschewed evil. In other words, another way of saying it is Job was passionate about the Lord. And in Job chapter 31 and verse 1, the Bible says... Job says, I made a covenant with mine eyes. Why then should I think upon a maiden? Job said, listen, I I made a covenant with my eyes of what I was going to look at and what I was going to be focused on because what I look at affects what I think about, which affects my heart. What I'm looking at can affect my heart. What we look at can affect our passion level for Christ. Our zeal, our strength. What we read, what we watch, what we look at. You say, "Oh, you're gonna, you know, try and tell us what we can, what we're supposed to watch and what we?" No, no, no. The Holy Spirit does that, right? The Holy Spirit tells us what we, what's, what's uh, lovely to the Lord. And the question is, are we sensitive to? Are we, are we sensitive to what the Holy Spirit's trying to tell us that uh, you know too much of this worldly? worldly intake, what what will it do? It'll zap us of our passion for Christ. Have you ever just sat down for about an hour and watched the news? (laughs) I mean, really. Have you ever sat down for an hour and watched the news and just felt so full of the Holy Ghost you wanted to go next door and tell your neighbor about Christ? (laughs) I mean, it doesn't happen, does it? You just get like, this is... It just zaps you. You don't sit and look at a a magazine or a catalog for a while and just, just break out into praise toward the Lord, do you? It doesn't happen. What we look at, what we read, what we're watching, it does affect our heart. It does affect our passion. Maybe today, maybe today, maybe the Holy Spirit. I'm not trying to prod. I'm not trying to find something here. But maybe the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and says, Hey, Today you need to make a covenant with your eyes. There's some things that you've been looking at, some things you've been reading, watching. Maybe we need to put some blinders on so that we can look straight forward. It'll affect our heart. It'll affect our passion. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, what? Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Boy, The passion that comes when we look to Jesus. The passion that's what I hope this Sunday morning is about is that we take our focus off of everything worldly, take our focus off of all our problems and even all our all the all the good things that we have, but just to be able to focus on Christ and put our thoughts and our eyes and our heart toward Him, especially in this time of communion. How's your passion level? Has it been affected by what we're reading, what we're looking at, what we're watching? Look at this next one, Proverbs four twenty-six. He says, "Ponder the path of thy feet." It was kind of like last week we went from Proverbs, didn't we? It was a consider the ant. Proverbs is causing us to think. He says, ponder. Ponder the path of your feet. uh, Think about what direction you're heading. Isn't that a good idea from time to time to stop and say, where am I going? I mean, I'm making decisions. I'm going through this life. Uh, Days are going by, weeks and months. Where am I going? Am I growing in Christ? You say, how do I know if I'm growing in Christ? We were just talking in this Bible study uh, about 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and and love. He says, He says, He begins to define what charity is. He begins to define what love is. And you may be able to ask yourself, am I more long-suffering than what I used to be with the folks and people around me? Am I kinder? That's one of the results of having love, is kindness. Am I kinder? Does Does it take more to provoke me to anger than what I used to? Am I trying to suppress or put out the arrogance and the pride in my life? What about the envy? Am I pushing that out? In other words, what direction am I heading? Am I, am I ponder the path of your feet? Am I growing in Christ? Are my ears open? Or are my eyes? Am I able to see? Am I looking at the right things? Am I going the right way? How about my family? Is it? it Am I building, are we building our home? Are we building our home upon the right foundation? Are we building on the rock? Are we building on the sand? It's a good question to ask yourself every now and again, isn't it? What direction am I going? He says, ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand or to the left hand. Remove thy foot from evil. What direction are we going? What what way are my feet, Pointed? is it are they pointed toward the world are my feet are my feet pointed toward the world or are my feet pointed toward christ <coughs> you know isn't it wonderful when you see someone that is passionate about christ you know what they say people will say this boy they just want to get get in you know they just want to get in they want all that the lord has for them They're, they just want to fellowship with the Lord, you know, and then you look at others, and you say, man, they just want to get out, you know, they've just lost their passion, which way are our feet pointing, which way are we heading, are we heading toward growth, are we heading toward passion, am I growing in Christ, am I growing in love, the passion of Christ should consume the believer's whole body. Not just on a Sunday morning, not just here this morning should we be focused on Christ, but throughout the week it should affect our ears and what we hear and what we're listening for listening to. It should affect our heart and who gets our heart and who gets our love. It should affect our eyes and the direction that we look and what we're looking at. It should affect our mouth. It should affect our feet and the way that we're heading. Listen, as a church, we don't want to be a lukewarm church. As individuals, we don't want to be lukewarm Christians, do we? We want to be that Christian that's what? Stirred up. Stirred up. That has some passion. That has some that has some zeal that has a deep love for Christ and is doing all that they can to get in, to get in, to learn more, to grow closer, while everybody else is wondering, how much do we have to do to get by? You say, how much can I possibly do with Christ and for Christ? I'm not just trying to get enough to get by. I'm not just trying to check my box to, to say that I'm a Christian. I'm trying to get all that I can get in Christ and in a fellowship with Him. We're going to take a time of prayer before we, all of us in community, partake of the Lord's Supper. I don't know what the Lord's dealt with your heart about, but I don't think we can talk about the passion for Christ and look at the passion that He has for us. And somewhere, or not in our life have a little conviction, a little bit of prodding to draw closer to the Lord. So we'll take a time of prayer if the Lord spoke to you about something in the message. But also prepare your heart. The Bible says if we judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Prepare your heart, cleanse your heart to be able to take of the Lord's Supper. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, we come before you this morning, and Lord, we want to be stirred up for you, with you, and have a passion, God, like you have for us. God, I pray that you'd cleanse our hearts from sin, Lord, that you'd have mercy on us, and Lord, we thank you for it. And Lord, as we partake of your supper, God, I pray as we eat this bread and we drink this wine, this grape juice, God, that you would be that You would be pleased because we remember what You've done for us. And God, we have thankful hearts that because You sacrificed Yourself on the cross, God, we don't have to pay for our own sin. God, we love You. We thank You. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.